Right. Uh, you're on the second Flushing It podcast. Thanks for coming on. Uh, no you got some big shoes to fill following Bryson. You got a few <laughs> less trophies behind you than he has. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got a fake all of my PJ clock. I don't know if you can get that in. Yeah, that's about it. That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got yeah. Got, sure. got some big muscles to fill as well, so I don't do that either. <laughs> Mate, to be fair. Say again. You look pretty handsome. Yeah, because you got your arms on show. All oh, right. Well, do you want me? Hang on, I'll take them down. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I, I listen. I listen to the Bryson thing, and um, um, yeah, I got a lot of time for Bryson. You know, he talks. You know, he's one of those guys. He, you know, he kind of thinks before he speaks. Um, so you know what he's going to say is always constructive, and uh, you know he's thought about it. He's that kind of guy. Um, so so yeah, it was a, it was a great podcast. I thought you asked some really good questions. Um, you know, and and he's sort of got the intelligence to to answer them. So uh, yeah, and I think he's been pretty much at the core of of live for the and and how it sort of started up um you know getting the players on board and what have you so um yeah he was a really good guy to get on on your on your show to uh to really give some good insights so uh yeah it was it was a really good watch so if we get straight into it how do you feel now you've had time to digest the information how are you feeling right now about your position and just yeah where live is going forwards from here uh it's it's a real hard one but you know I, we haven't heard or i certainly haven't heard anything from Liv. um yeah i've had a couple of emails from the tour um yeah i've been fined a couple more times um so uh you know as regards you know dp world i've kind of i've kind of closed that chapter now um doesn't really um yeah, I was never going to go back and play anyway. Um, okay, if you know, there, obviously there was a sort of moment where you think, oh, maybe we could play a couple more tournaments this year. Of course, it would be nice to play BMW or something like that, just to kind of um, play your last tournament, maybe on home soil, that kind of thing. Um, but that's probably not going to happen, and that's fine. I'd, I'd already dealt with that anyway. So, you know, for me, it was more maybe going forward if the avenue to back to Champions Tour was available uh, to try and qualify. Yeah, I, I don't know if that is the case. Uh, it was certainly probably was closed off um, a week ago because um, yeah, the PJ Tour run the Champions Tour in America. So with how the PJ Tour have put their sanctions on their players, it was pretty much a closed shop for me. Uh whether that's open back up again, um, we'll have to see. Uh, I'm going to just kind of let, I'm not really going to sort of chase after it too hard right now. Uh, I'm going to kind of let uh, the other people that are deciding things, you know, come out and give us a few more um, inklings of where things are going to go um, and then kind of ask the question if that is a possibility. Uh, if it is, great. If it's not, um then then so be it you know I'll, hopefully i'm going to be playing my golf on on live next year or uh i could play international series uh you know we'll see sorry i got the dogs barking in that's right i had to leave i had to leave my house because the kids were kicking off so <laughs> i'm giving so my- yeah Bye.
Right, it's a bit better. So, uh, you said you, you haven't had any communication from Liv. Um, is, has nobody spoke to you? Not even, say, like, has Martin Kyman not spoke to you, your, your captain or anything? No, uh, yeah, we've got, like, our group chat. We When we heard about what was coming, uh, or we'd heard that there was rumours, um, you know, we, we sent a few messages back and forth in our in our clique's group chat. Um, so, the, the thing is, we, with, with our team, it, it, there's... Even though Martin is captain, he doesn't own equity. He uh, there's two teams in Live that doesn't uh, at the minute. There's no equity share, which is us and Ironheads. Um, so you know we we are run by Live. Um, so yeah, I heard that there was an email coming. Um, maybe I think it was what day are we today Saturday. So I heard probably Thursday or Friday, but I haven't received anything. So. Um, yeah, just wait, waiting to hear. But I guess, you know, some stuff has got to be ironed out first with PJ Tour, DP World, on, you know, on where it's going forward. So I'm sure there'll probably be certainly a players meeting in Valderrama in a couple of weeks, um, you know, to see what goes from there, really. Yeah, it seems like the PJ Tour has certainly tried to get ahead of the news cycle and have probably rushed into uh, putting information out there. Um, and live maybe just sitting back and trying to work out exactly what's going on might be the best decision. Um, so fair play. Um, yeah, you also you said about playing potentially the Champions Tour. I saw yesterday that Keith Petty said he wanted to grow the Legends Tour. Um, was that something you'd be interested in doing as well? Uh, we'll see. You know, obviously it would be nice to, you know, if that's what I want to do. Um, you know, like I, I, I'm very much, you know, I'll cross the bridge when when I come to it. Um, yeah, I'm playing the Senior Open uh, in a couple of months at, at, or in a few weeks, actually, at, at Porth Call. Um, so, um, yeah, you know, uh, you know, the, I think I, I haven't really read too much up on Legends, you know. Uh, I know they play a lot of Pro-Ams type kind of things, even in tournaments. Uh, I'm not sure if I want to do that. I don't know. Uh, you know, right now I'm just sort of concentrating on playing on live that's where i that's where i want my future to be right now um certainly hopefully for the next 18 months and then i'll see whether you know whether i want to carry on playing after that i don't know um you know i've been doing it for 30 years um you know it, it, it's it's getting tougher um but uh we'll, we'll we'll see um yeah but right now yeah i'm just i'm just concentrating on live the this you know, like I like I said, you know, I hope that the champions might open up, but uh, obviously I've discussed with you know with my wife about playing that you know before live and whether I want to move over there. I, I don't know. I honestly don't know if I want to live over there. Um, so it makes it very difficult to play. Um, like you know, I, I, I'm I'm at a nice stage in my life where um, yeah, you know, I, I got everything I want, um, and we'll see. We'll see. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to kind of rush into too many decisions or this, that and the other. I'll see how it all pans out the next few weeks and, and kind of go from there. Um, so if if everything carries on how Liv is well, saying it, it's going to carry on as planned. And at the end of this year, I understand there's a relegation part to the the uh, like standings. So yeah. what's what's your contract? Do you um do you have to finish in a certain position to stay on? Are you liable for relegation? What's, what's the it, deal? As far as I'm as aware, I think the bottom four get relegated. Um, 
then from uh, this, if you're top 24, you are guaranteed for next year. Um, I think that's that's pretty much for everyone, uh, apart from obviously team captains or guys that maybe have a contract going forward for 2024, uh, whatever their contracts are. Uh, but I, 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 as as I'm aware, if you finish from 25 to 45, is it or 44? Um, you kind of you're kind of invited back. You 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 can play, but you need a team obviously to take you on. And whether you can negotiate anything with with that team, um, you know, you know, wait and see. Uh, obviously, this has kind of thrown a big sort of spanner in the works, you know, for potential players coming to live that they may that live maybe thought that they could get for next year. Now this, who knows? It, it, it's such a an unknown right now of who will play live next year. <laughs> you know, I, everybody wants to know. And obviously, you know, you guys that you kind of do these things, um, you know, you want to talk to us to get answers. But because it's just been such a sort of like left field sort of thing that's just happened that... Um, no one knows, and I think probably pretty much every professional on every tour didn't know. Yeah, you've, you've got even Colin Morikawa saying he found out on Twitter. Um, you, you know, you've got two time major champion there, doesn't know. And like, we've played two live events recently, and not one single word is said about it. Um, and by the sounds of what you did with Bryson, he literally did not know. Um, we're behind the changes on the PJ Tour and Rory seems to have known nothing about it as well so there's just yeah. so many questions to answer isn't there exactly that, and that's the thing there's, there's so much of this to unpack um, that it, it, it's you know we can all kind of speculate but uh, yeah, we'll, that's just it no one knows what the answers are going to be uh, you know we, we, we've had an email from Keith Pelly basically saying yeah, you know, it's not just going to be simple for guys that went to come back. Um, I think you're probably going to have to pay your fines, serve your suspensions. Um, but uh, yeah, that's not yeah. You know, like I said, you know, before I've pretty much closed the closed the book now on my DP World career, um, and I'm fine with that. Um, yeah, that's why I resigned. I was I was okay with that decision. Um, so. Uh, you know, for me going forward, it's yeah, you know, it, it's it's just purely to see whether the champions opens up again and whether I decide I want to go down that route. Uh, in the future, we'll see. Yeah, of course. Um, so I, I saw some some talk from a player during the week that said that everyone at Live now answers to Jay Monahan. Is that how you feel? No, not at all. I don't, I don't, I I think that's in my opinion. I feel that's like the PJ Tour are just sort of posturing a little bit. You know flexing their muscles um, to show that we are the boss, but um, we all know that Yas is going to be the boss. <laughs> we have, where's the money going to come from? That's usually that's usually the boss man, and that's going to be Yasser. So uh, as Jimmy Dunn has quoted saying that if Jay wants to disband Liv, he can. I don't believe that for a second. I just don't. Uh, I think Yasser's invested too much time, too much money, um, for it to go, yeah, okay, if, if that's what you want to do, you know, yeah, then, then that's what we'll do. Um, I think if Jay is given that power and he tries to do it, 
I don't know, maybe um, I, I, I just don't see it. I, th I think they've invested too much time and money in that. And I, and I don't believe that the team principals would allow that to happen either. Uh, I think like say, Bryce and Brooks, DJ, those kind of guys, they, they've invested too much time as well for, for it to just go, okay, fine. Let, let's, you're running our tour. I don't, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't see it personally. The, obviously the team principals have um, equity in their teams and effectively in the live product. So if going forwards, then if it did disband, then obviously they'd be quite upset. Um, but it's, it doesn't, it just doesn't to me, none of this, it makes sense for live to disappear because they've signed contracts with the players. They've signed contracts yep. with venues. Um, yep. If, unless they shut down the, shut down the whole thing and go bankrupt. I mean, what does it do then? What happens if there's legal challenges? Like, it doesn't exactly. make any sense to me. No, I, it doesn't to me. I, I personally, I, I think that, like I, like I just said, I, I think that's, I think that's Jimmy Dunn and the PJ Tour, like you say, flexing their muscles to, to say, look, we're going to be running this show, and you know, everyone's just basically going to have to get in line. And yeah, I, I don't believe that for a second. Like, you know, we all know how the world works. Um, at the end of the day, it, it's right. Who's to, who, who writes the checks? Um, and I, I just don't believe that, you know, I've spoken to Yasser a few times. Uh, yeah. He seems, you know, from, from what I know of him, a really good guy. Um, and uh, I, I just don't think he's going to let live just, you know, just kind of get broken up and, uh, and kind of thrown to the, to the, you know, to, to the side. Just like that, I, I just, I just don't see it. Um, yeah, you know, not just PIF or you know, there's there's people within Live that have invested uh, too much time. You've got, you know, Richard Marsh. You've got Gary Davison. Um, you know, Jed. They've all just invested. So yeah, you know, they've been working twenty four seven. You know, for the last probably eighteen months on this, I, I just don't see it. I don't see it. Um, it's a, this is going to be quite a tough question, I think. But over the last 12 months since you joined at Live, um, you've been subject to a lot of abuse online about the Saudi money. Um, you've come off Twitter twice. I know that uh, your sponsor received phone calls to his office, like people shouting blood money down the phone. And now the people that orchestrated that campaign, Jay Monaghan at the PJ Tour, have turned around and taken the money themselves. How does that make you feel? Uh, yeah, I... I... You know, I, I guess what I've received is nothing in comparison to what maybe Lee, Polt, certainly Henrik have received for that kind of thing. So, um, you know, what I was getting off the the what people were saying on Twitter wasn't the fact that um, that what made me leave uh, um, uh, that that platform and social media. It, I, it, it, don't get me wrong; it was a part of it, but. It was just the fact, other stuff that I was reading, not about live or golf or anything like that, but just stuff that I followed and you read some of the comments that people were making was just awful, horrific. It's just a cesspool. And I, and I just got like, I just, it was just kind of not affecting my mental health or anything like that. I, I'm not going to go down that road, but I just, I just didn't like what I was reading. And it just kind of like, what, why am I, why am I even reading this? Why I just don't need this in my life. Uh, and the only reason that I came back on a few months ago was actually to sort out a gas bill. <laughs> 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 We'd moved house and we couldn't set up our gas account. 
and I just and I said to my wife, I've gone like, you know what, I'm just gonna I'm gonna reactivate Twitter here because sometimes it, the only time that sort of big companies like that respond to you is through social media. And um and that was the only reason I came back on. And you know, yeah, you know, I stupidly uh drunk tweeted Eddie Pepple and deserved everything I got from it. Uh, and that's fine. And, and like you say, I, I just, it, you know, it was time to go, right, that's it. You know, I'm done with it. I don't miss it at all. Um, even like with what's happened here, it would have been great to read all the comments and this, that and the other, but you know what? I, it, it was fine. So, uh, um, yeah, you know, yes, we've been, yeah, we've been hung, drawn, and quartered, as I said before, to you know, on social media and by Jay, you know, in some ways by Keith as well. But uh, of course, you know, they're trying to protect their their products, their tour. I get that, but um, you know, what you you made a decision, what was best for you and your family, doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a bad person at all. Uh, and I would like to think that probably 99.9% of the people in my position at my stage of my career would have done the same. And, um, yeah, it is very, very easy to take kind of like the moral high ground when it's not put there in front of you. You know, I always used to say, like, if I went to say someone who abused me on Twitter, if I went around their house with a briefcase with $5 million in cash in it, and said, look, this is for you, tax-free, but the money has come from Saudi Arabia. <laughs> um, your hand would still be in the door with a briefcase on the other side. They'd, they'd, they'd snap your hand off for it because it's there in front of them, and they wouldn't turn it down. I, I, I just, I, People might say, no, that's not the case, but I, I, I would be absolutely shocked if anybody turned it down. If you were 49 years old and you had to, and you could set, set you and your family up for the rest of your life, I don't see how anyone would turn that down, no matter where the money came from. Um, and we all know now, you know, like, I think if we, with everything we do in life, if we really, if we have, if we took the moral high ground all the time, oh, we're not going to do this, we're not going to do that because this is made there or this has come from there, you'd never leave the house. You'd never leave your house. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I don't get that argument of, uh, you know, with with the moral high ground thing. Yes, I don't agree with their human rights. Uh, of course, I don't. But uh, they are trying to change. They will change, and it's going to take time. So, uh, just as the Middle East has done over the last thirty years, you know, Dubai wasn't the best thirty years ago, and now it's a great. Everybody loves it. So, we just got to give it time. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just capitalism at work, isn't it? Like. I work in the super industry and, um, you know, I never question where the money comes from. I've worked for some very questionable guys and yeah. you just, you don't think about it. It's just the job. So yeah, I'll totally understand that point of view. You know, we've got yeah. to, at the end of the day, you know, if, if someone off, came and offered you a huge pay rise, but okay, the, you know, the money came from a place where, okay, they don't have the best record in whatever, you know, at the end of the day, you think of you, you think of number one yourself, and you think of you know you've got a young family. Um, you know, you'd all I'd almost go to the stress. You, you if you didn't take it, you'd almost be a bad father. Say right, I yeah. can give I can give my kids the best opportunity to start in life, 
uh, maybe put them through better education, whatever that may be. You know, you'd almost be a bad father if you didn't didn't accept it. <laughs> yeah, totally cool. uh, so now back to um the European tour, and obviously you've resigned your membership now. Uh, yeah. So I, I I know what's happened. It has been reported, but I think it needs to be cleared up again because still people don't seem to believe that it's, that it's a fact. When you made the decision to join Live, were you yeah. told that you would be uh, banned from events and find as much money as you have been? And did you have any feelings that that would be the case? Um, we knew that we would be certainly fine. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think... Uh, I think, you know, from when we when we started in Centurion, you know, pretty much a year ago, I, I think the emails hit probably the Americans guys inbox before their tee shots, first tee shots landed, that they were then banned for life, pretty much. You know, um, so during that week, you know, a few American lads came to me and said, oh, have you heard what DP World are doing? And we said, no, we haven't heard. And it was it was a few weeks after that we actually then heard of our fine and it was a hundred grand, which, you know, we heard rumors that it could be that much, but we thought no one's ever been fined anywhere near that amount of money for one tournament breach. You know, we hadn't left the tour, excuse me, we hadn't left the tour. So one tournament breach for a hundred thousand pound fine was, we, we, no, they're never going to do that. Uh, but of course they did. So, uh, but then we heard nothing. You know, in, in, with the remaining seven tournaments, I think we played that year. We heard nothing of any other fines, anything else. I know we had the um, the arbitration that was going to go on, so maybe that was why we weren't fined anything, anything more. But um, every release was denied. Um, you know, I had a few back and forth emails with Keith. You know, you would get this email that said, "Oh, I've given your um, your request." you know, a lot of thought, which <laughs> I, I just found very sort of patronising. He hasn't, he hasn't even, he probably hasn't even thought about it for one second. It's just, a, it's just an instant no. So I said, look, just don't patronise me saying that you've thought about it at length, whether you're going to release me for a tournament or not, you know, just, just say, look, it's just a no, don't, there's no need to patronise. But um, yeah, we, we, you know, we found out when we were in Tulsa of, of the, the full extent of the fines after, Obviously, uh, obviously, the players that lost the uh, the arbitration. Um, I didn't realise there would be suspensions. Um, but I, what I found it quite strange was that I got fined for tournaments that say Graham McDowell didn't. You know, I don't don't think G Mac was fined for Miami. I don't think he was fined for Jeddah. And I'm like, well, why? <laughs> um, and, and, and guys were being fined different amounts of money per tournament. Um, it was, it, it, we, we all had our emails at the same time. And I think we were on the, uh, I don't, uh, I can't remember when it was, was it on the Sunday that we got it when it was in the rain delay? I can't remember, but we were all like in the players room, um, all sort of comparing fines and suspensions. And it seemed at the time that myself and Lee Westwood had got the most amount of fines and suspensions. Um, so, you know, GMAC had played every single event. Uh, exactly the same as me, and I think his fines were about one hundred and fifty thousand less than mine. So, uh, how you work that out, I don't know. Um, so it's it's almost like they tried to force a few of you off of the tour, and by the sounds of it as well, like yourself and Lee Westwood, 
uh, two of the players, you played the most European tour events over the decades leading into Niv. So you guys have been the most loyal to the tour. And it's like they've punished you more for that, is what it seems like to me. Uh, I, I, I don't know, you know, uh, unless I spoke to Keith on that, I, I honestly don't know. But, uh, you know, whether they'd heard maybe that we were thinking of resigning I, I can't remember if I'd resigned at that point I can't remember um I know we had a meeting in uh what was it Singapore um it was just after that we'd found out that we'd lost the the arbitration it was our next sort of uh pl- uh event I think we had a we had a meeting about it and we, we talked about who was going to resign who was maybe going to carry on with the appeal um you know and I, I like I said at my stage of my career I just how many more tournaments are I really going to play? Um, I just, I didn't see the point. And, and I thought sort of Lee brought up a great point that he, he just felt like he didn't want to play under Keith Pelly anymore. Uh, and it was that evening that I gave that sort of comment some more thought. And I thought, you know what? Yeah, I kind of feel the same. Um, yeah. I've made a lot of friends on DP world, still have a lot of friends. Um, I will always support it and love it, but um you know, I, I was quite, I, you know, it's, it was a sad thing to do, but it's something that I thought about, discussed with my family. And, you know, I, I'd come to the decision that it was, yeah, it was just the best thing to do. Um, you know, I, I just didn't want to keep jumping through hoops, keep getting fined um, every single event, you know, when I feel like I'm not doing anything wrong. Um, so, uh, you know, like I said, it, it seems okay for players to go and, play on another tour and come back and cherry pick. Uh, but we're not allowed to do that. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I don't see what the difference is. To, to find the article in the quote from Rory from, I think it was 2014, where he said the rules needed to be changed to allow Paul Casey to play on the Ryder Cup, even if he wasn't a member. And yeah. now he's been the most vocal person against you guys. I just, just yeah. find it. Again, another hypocritical thing that Rory said, but it's just yeah, blows yeah. my mind. How he can come out and say that Brooks should be playing in America on the American team, but any European shouldn't be playing. Uh, I <laughs> hang on a second. Well, why then? Why? What? So why should America uh, a live player that's American that does well in the majors um, be allowed to play on the Ryder Cup team? So if Paul Casey happens to win, say the U.S. Open you know oh no but he's not allowed to play on our team uh hang on a second why <laughs> whether he's a, you know if okay if, if if he was still a member of the dp world i don't know if paul resigned or not um i i don't get it i, I where's your i, I don't I, you don't have an argument you think it's okay for some to play but not others uh i don't i don't understand that I think rory's probably going to wear a team usa gear at the end of this year because yeah. no one's got more to destroy our team than him so uh, the, you know, just in the comments he's made recently, you know, he said, I've always def- tried to defend our tour, which is the PJ tour. He never says, that, you know, it, it's never, I've tried to defend DP World. He's always tried to defend PJ tour. Um, so, uh, you know, he's kind of that, yeah, that, that's it. That's his tour. Um, and, you know, it, it's, yeah, you know, I, th- I think, you know, some of the stuff that he said, I don't know, maybe now he, you know, maybe thinks he wishes he hadn't said it. I don't know. But uh, obviously he was quite still quite vocal the other day when he's come out and said he hates Liv. 
and, and he fully expects it not to be around much longer. Um, you know, obviously, maybe Jimmy Dunn has told him the same as what he's come out in the press and said is that you know, if, if Jay wants to disband it, he, he can. Uh, and maybe that's where Rory's kind of gone down the road with that comment. Um, yeah, but like, I think I, I think it's just everything right now. Everyone's just got to be a bit patient and just wait for you know these guys to iron all the things that need ironing out to be done. Um, you know, it's not going to be overnight. I think it's certainly going to be a few months, and and we'll see well see where everything lies. Probably sort of September, October, I guess. Yeah, with everything that Jimmy Dunn's come out and said, he, if he's talking about. Uh, the PJ Tour having all the control, Liv being disbanded, uh, the Liv players then still being suspended and the punishment still being served to the players. There's a possibility next year that if that did happen, then Liv guys would have literally nowhere to play. Mm. And that you can't you can't do that. But that's just that's never yeah. going to happen. Yeah. How can you say, you know, how can you say to DJ and Brooks, <laughs> sorry, sorry, mate, you've got nowhere to play. Yeah. You know, unless you pay probably, I don't know what they've, you know, we've heard fines somewhere in America, uh, you know, that, that it's so much of whatever they signed for, you know, which could be four times what they signed for, which could be, it could be talking us somewhere nearly a half a billion dollars. <laughs> They're not going to pay that. And I can't imagine PIF are going to pay it either. You know, so there's, you know, there's, there's, there's got to be some, yeah, I, I agree with what Rory said, you know, guys are just not going to be allowed to come back, open arms, this, that, and the other. Of course, you know, they're, they're, they're going to put consequences on on what happened. Okay. But, uh, like you said, I, I, I don't want to speculate too much on that because I just don't know and it's, there's no point. But um, you, you can't tell those guys that they've got nowhere to play. You know, a, a, the, best, the best player in our current era, Brooks, no, you can't, you can't play anywhere other than four majors a year. <laughs> sorry no that's just not going to happen so uh yeah this whole thing that Jimmy Dunn has been sort of putting through the media I just don't think it holds water personally um but yeah that's my opinion I'm, I might be completely wrong maybe it does uh I, like you say I think with everybody's just saying we've just got to wait and see yes so now that uh the the, this whole merger's happened together and Jay Monaghan's in charge of everything. It appears that Keith Pelly's lost complete control of the European Tour now. And he had the opportunity, obviously, to work with Liv. And Chubby Chandler said a few weeks ago that he thinks that the European Tour should have joined with Liv. Do you think they should have joined with Liv? Uh, yeah, I, I said this to a friend of mine the other day that, you know, if you take take Liv away, take, take that Liv never happened. Uh, I I wasn't a fan of what, Keith was doing with the tour anyway, as regards where in the direction he was taking it, uh, and partnering up with with Jay Moynihan. Um, they're, they're too powerful. They're, they're just all too powerful, and we basically knew that it was just our uh, DP world was just going to turn into a feeder tour. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of the direction it was going. I, I personally think that Keith just put financial stability over the strength of the tour. Um, and, and obviously didn't have confidence in whoever is out there trying to find new sponsors and, 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 and keep in existing sponsors on board with us. Maybe he didn't have um, confidence in their ability to, to, 
to do that. So he sided with money to 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 stabilize the tour that way. Uh, but in, in and then giving the top 10 players every single year, a pathway to the PGA tour. Um, and I go, how can you give over the next five years, 50 players to the PGA tour, your best 50 players and no disrespect to the challenge tour or anything like that. You know, they're good players. Christ, I played it fairly recently. You know, th- th- those, those players that are coming from challenge tour are not going to fill those 10 players. They're not as, as regards to strength and depth. So our tour is just constantly getting weaker as as a um as as strength and depth goes. Um and that, and again, I'm not disrespecting anybody that plays on DP World Tour. That's just you know, how can you do that? You know, how could you it'd be like Man City giving away Haaland, De Bruyne, uh, and five other players and bringing 19-year-old players in to replace them. That's, they're not going to, they, who could replace Harland, you know? And it, and it's the same with us, you know, if you, if you give like your 10 players to the PJ tour, you just, you're not going to, you're not going to replenish that strength straight away. It's going to take time. But then you, then a year later, you're given 10 away again. And so who, who are you going to sell future tournaments down the line to with sponsors? You've got no one to sell them off. Everybody's playing America. And I, I, I just, I, I, as a, as a, as a business model, I just didn't see how that stood up. Uh, that you can give all your strength away to your competitor, um, which when Keith came into the CEO position, you know, I emailed him and said, "Look, I know exactly when you gave your first player address. It was at PJ Catalonia. I sat in that room, and you basically said that the PJ Tour was a rival tour, and we were." there to compete with them and that's what we were going to do and now we're best buddies with them um and it was pretty much almost what he said as regards it was you know the pj tour was kind of hostile they're trying to take our best players and that's what the rolex series was about was trying to keep our best players a little bit more in europe um but yet he still allows players to go play there as much as they want uh, with no consequences. Um, and he even bowed down to, you don't have to come back and play in Europe as much as you used to. You can only have to play four events outside of the majors. I mean, like, <laughs> because, you know, I'm sure probably players just went like, you know, well, if, if you don't do this, I'll just go play there full time. Um, so he bowed down to it. And um, uh, yeah, I just didn't, um, I just didn't like what he was doing, partnering up with the PGA, because I just thought, well, you know, they they will in time, they will screw us over, um, and 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 yeah, they they showed that this year with the elevated events, you know, um, yeah. You know, how how does one of these ten guys now play in those elevated events? I don't see it. You know. Uh, I was talking to Jordan Smith about it at the Wisley a few weeks ago. And I said, like, you know, if you got one of these 10 cards, would you move over there? He said, no. He said, I don't think I would. I'll commute. So I said, well, okay, you've got this scenario that you could go over, say, three weeks because you're not playing an elevated event. So you've got three tournaments before then. But suddenly you get in the elevated event the Sunday before. So now you've got to tell your wife you're not coming home because you've got to play. Uh, If you've got any chance of maybe trying to get top 70 or top 50 for the next year. 
So you might have had maybe a week or 10 days at home. So suddenly now your time at home is completely cut because then you've got to come back and play more events before maybe other elevated events because you won't be in the next elevated event. You, you can't set a schedule. You cannot set a schedule. You know, and, and, I, and I think he's, he's done that. And there's a lot of upheaval with guys that are probably 90 to 125 on the PJ Tour. How can they set a schedule? They don't know when they're going to play to some part. Yes, maybe 60% of their year they, they, they can map out, but 40% of it with these elevated events, they, they won't know if they're playing or not. How, you know, how can you book a family holiday? Um, you know, I know it's, you know, some people might go, oh, well, you know, what a horrible position to be in. You know, you're still earning a lot of money. But, you know, it's, it, 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 those elevated events were just purely to keep the top players playing in America. That's pure and simple, pure and simple. You know, it, it's either, well, you either do this or we'll start on talk to live and we'll go play there. So that's why they've done it. Yeah, and even uh, Keith talks about the financial security of the tour and they've secured the purses to 2035. But what happens if the PJ Tour do pull the money and they don't support support it past then? Because you've lost your product. It's almost an asset strip because they've yeah. lost the best players. They've taken, you know, like the Scottish Open. It was talking about the BMW. If they yeah. take the best events as well as the best players, like there's there's nothing left. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I fully, fully expect BMW to be a co-sanctioned event next year. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me maybe if Abu Dhabi goes the same. I think Abu Dhabi looks like it's going to move later in the year from the sort of mock uh, um, schedule I score for, uh, saw for next year. That might change now with everything that's just happened in the past few days. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I fully expect, uh, you know, why would you move Abu Dhabi to say like as the Americans Americans call it, you know, in the fall of the year. So that when the FedEx is done, maybe, you know, some American guys will come over and play in that event. Um, that's a long way to go for one event. <laughs> um, but we'll see. I, I, I certainly see, you know, I certainly see uh, BMW being a co-sanctioned event next year. And then somebody who is 90th on our tour, he's just seen $18 million wiped off his uh, total prize fund that he's going to play for the whole year. That, that you know, that's a, that's a lot of money. Yeah, that's 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 a lot of money that he's just suddenly not playing for. Um, but uh, you know, I think that's how he sees that. You know, that's how we'll get the strength into those events that they're going to they're, they're going to try and entice the you know Americans to come over and play. So um, yeah, I, I, because fed like that that the, the tour was slowly slowly the PJ tour was slowly slowly just bit by bit by bit take more and more and more and then to the point where there's probably not going to be an awful lot left yeah it's really fascinating they want to encourage PJ tour players to come and take spots in our big events to take money away from the challenge tour grads which um say so Paul McGinley seems to keep quoting that by the BMW last year but they didn't want live guys to do the same and the live guys like yourself that have played for decades on the European tour are not welcome to come and cherry pick, but the PJ Tour players like Colin Morikara, who never play in continental Europe, can come over and cherry pick the big events. Like yeah. that, just to me, it's just that's like the biggest hypocrisy in all of this. Yeah, you know what? What? What do you know? What does you know Shane Lowry and 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 Rory do? They they cherry pick. They cherry pick 
the big events. They'll play they'll play the PJ Tour all, all year. Obviously, Shane will come over for the Irish, but still, that's one of the biggest events. You know, Rory didn't even play in the Irish last year, but we get we get roasted by Keith basically saying that we haven't played in our national opens. Rory doesn't play in his, not a word is not a word is said. Uh, even though he played in the um JP McManus Pro Am two days before in Ireland. Um yeah, they, they they do the same. They do the same, but that's fine. That's absolutely fine to do that. Um but uh, when we've done it, it's not fine. Uh, and and like I said to him, I said, uh, I, and I and I and I agreed with him on that point. That yes, okay, maybe that is has been the case. I said personally, I played in two other smaller DP World events um, since joining Live. Um, yeah, I played in Galgorm last year. Uh, I can't remember the other tournament, but uh, off the top of my head. But um, yeah, it's it's it, it's fine for. You know, it, it, it's a bit like, yeah, it's one rule for one and one rule for another. It's okay for certain players to do it and it's not okay for, for others. So, uh, yeah, you can draw the conclusions you want from that. But, yeah, it is it is a little bit double standards in my book as well. So, yeah, just going, I mean, there's so much, I keep just, there's so much stuff to ask. It's Just going yeah. back to your team. So, on your team, you have two guys which could be Ryder Cup captains in Keimer yeah. and McDowell. Um, so, did, do you know or have you heard from them? Were they told that they would not be allowed to be Ryder Cup captains if they joined Liv, before they joined Liv? Have no, they said anything? No, because uh, I, I, I certainly hadn't heard that, you know, as, as, the, as the criteria goes. Um, you have to be born in Europe and be a member of the DP world. That's, that's the two criteria to be on the Ryder Cup. Um, and I assume that's whether that's a player or a vice captain or, um, well, uh, no, that's not the case for being, or unless it's a new rule for being a vice captain, because I think Nick Fowler had DJ Spooning as a vice captain. Um, I think so. Uh, I don't remember that. Uh, talking to Ollie Wilson, who was on that uh, team, I think DJ Spooning was part of the backroom staff, whether he was a vice captain or not, I don't know, but he was certainly around, I think. Um, so as far as I, as far as I'm aware, that's the two criteria that you need to be Ryder Cup. Um, uh, obviously I know Martin is now resigned. Um, and I think it's a shame because I think, you know, having spent time round GMAC the last sort of six, nine months, he would be an unbelievable captain, an unbelievable captain. He's such a good team guy. Um, you know, he, he knows how just to, you know, he's got such a great sense of humour that I never, you know, this is this is the one thing I've loved about Liv, that you've got to know guys that, you know, I, I um, you know, because they were playing at higher levels than I was at the time, that you know, I never really socialised with those guys. G-Max got the best sense of humour ever. He's such a great lad to be around. Um, and he would be an unbelievable captain unbelievable captain for for Europe and um and as we know Pulse would be as we know Lee would be um and, and so on and I'm sure Martin would be as well if uh you know if, if if that's the job he wanted um but I guess yeah you know it, it, it's one of those things that I'm sure that they've had to it, it's one of those when when they join live one of those things that, that they 
the sort of practice that they had to wrestle with was that was a possibility that that might happen. Um, and obviously it, it, it's come to that, that sad point where they've had to resign and, or they felt that's the best thing going forward for them. And, and that takes that right a cup away. And, it, it, and it's a shame. It, it only, to be fair, it actually only hurts um, the Ryder Cup in that respect. And, and like you say, you know, just because you've decided to go and play your golf somewhere else, it doesn't make you a bad person. You know, they still love the Ryder Cup and, um, you yeah, know, and Sergio as well. And, uh, it, it, yeah, that's, that's just, that doesn't benefit anybody by excluding them just because they want to go and play their golf somewhere else uh, and give, and give the golf fans a different look at how golf can be played and, and make it more fun and entertaining for everybody that attends the day. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's just, that's just sad all around. Porter against Mickelson at Bethpage was just, that would have been sick. I, I'm disappointed that that probably might not happen because in front of those fans, that would be incredible. Yeah. I play, I, I literally played Bethpage a week ago. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, that's gonna be, that's gonna be, you know, to play play a Ryder Cup there in front of uh, probably fifty thousand New York fans, you know, probably uh, with you know quite a bit of alcohol on board as well. That's, yeah. that's gonna get rowdy. Um, so yeah, you know, it, again, you know, it's just I think I think probably Phil was pretty much nailed on for that one. Um, who was gonna take it on our side? Maybe Poults. Uh, maybe GMAC. Uh, I don't know. You know, someone that probably played most of their golf in America lives in America. Um, so uh, yeah, it, 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 it's just yeah, it's just the the tournament is is losing out. That that that's that's the only you know no one's won in that at all. And there's only been a loss, and that's that you know and that's to the Ryder Cup. Yeah. Yeah, we've been through a lot and I think you've covered every question I wanted to ask really, but where, where do you yourself, from everything you've heard, what do you see happening to live this year and then next year and going forwards I, as well? I, 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 don't, I don't think anything will change this year. I think, like you say, too much has got to be ironed out uh, and discussed and, you know, fair outcomes for all has got to be done. You know, you can't, you can't just stack it in um the pga's favor or anything like that that um you've just got to make it fair for everybody uh how that is done i've got no idea you know I, I, i'm quite glad i don't have to make those kind of decisions um yeah and I, and I, I spoke to my wife about it this morning you know we we've sort of said about it that um i just don't see i just don't see live going anywhere certainly for the near future uh i just I think, as I said before, that I think PIF, Yasser, everybody involved has spent too much time, too much money on it for it to go to give it to Jay Moynihan and go, there you go, it's your bat and ball and you do what you want with it. I, I, I just don't see it. Like I said, I think it's just the PJ Tour are posturing, they're flexing their, their muscles as, as such um, to show strength and... Um, I, I don't see it. So I, I, I think Liv will, will grow. I think it will get bigger. Um, and who knows, like you say, how it will work in the future. Again, that's that's for them to decide. Um, but 
you know, hopefully I'll be a part of it. Um, and I guess, you know, we just, we've all just got to wait and see really. That's, it, it, it's a pretty poor answer, I guess, in that respect, but um, there's not much else we can say on it. We've all just got to sit and wait and see and see where the, you know, where the sort of the dust settles really. I think it's the right answer because too many people are jumping to conclusions and nobody really knows the answer. And, you know, having experienced things like this and, if you set up a new venture with so many different parties who have such different opinions of what they want, this takes ages and it might yeah. not even happen. Yeah, exactly. There, there is that. There is that. There might be, there might become a point that you go, you know what, this just isn't going to work. Um, you know, the PJ Tour are going to want this and this and Liv are going to want this and that and DP World are going to want this and the other. Um, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I do fear a little bit that DP World's not strong enough and it might get lost a little bit uh, even more um, be, just because of the, you know, the size of the PGA Tour and the wealth that um, PIF have that, you know, the, probably PIF, you know, right now, yeah, PIF probably, they wanted the, the, the merger more than anything with the PGA Tour, not necessarily DP World. I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of speculating a little bit, but I hope, yeah, I just, they've just got to try and find a fairness that everybody can agree on. And, and like you say, that, that, that just ain't going to happen overnight. You know, that, that could take months. It could, it might take a year, who knows? So for someone, you know, to turn around and go, well, living isn't going to be around next year. Yeah. If you don't mind me saying that's just bullshit. <laughs> you know, I, I just don't see how you can thrash a deal out of this magnitude in, that amount of time I just I don't see it but fortunately like I said that's not my decision to make and maybe they will we'll see yeah, okay. so yeah how was your game heading into Valderrama anyway so of course it should suit you and you've got experience around there yeah so do you like yeah. to fancy it Valderrama's kind of like you know one of my favourites really you know I've always kind of played pretty good around there um, it's going to be a little different, I think, because I've heard that they've made a few changes. Uh, what they are, I don't know. But we've never played it in July. We've always played it sort of like early April or maybe middle of October when it probably plays a little softer. So it could play very firm and fast, which would make it even more difficult than it already is. Um, but yeah, looking forward to it. Um, yeah, I had, you know, I had a great week in New York last week playing with, you know, with some friends, playing some great courses. Um, yeah, I've kind of, uh, yeah, I've kind of sort of taken it easy a little bit this week. Um, I had to do a bit of new driver testing yesterday. My driver cracked in uh, when I was playing at National last week. So I had to get a new head. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to chill this weekend and then, uh, yeah, I'll start playing plan and practice in the next two weeks um getting ready for Valderrama it's going to be a pretty busy next two months um with Valderrama and London um I'm also going to try and get up to Hoylake in a week uh, the week of the Scottish to play a couple of practice rounds for the Open um I haven't played there since I think 1995 in the British Amateur <laughs> so uh so yeah and then obviously the Open Senior Open uh, and then it's straight out to America after that for back-to-back -back live events. And then I'm playing the international series at close house the week after. So I think I'm playing like seven out of eight weeks, I think. So, uh, 
uh, yeah, my old bones will be ready for a rest after that, I think. So, Ooh. yeah, but looking forward to it. So, you know, it'd be a good, you know, it's a good time to be playing well. You know, I feel my game's there. Just got to cut out a couple of, you know, really silly mistakes, which is costing me a big number. Um, but, yeah, 95% of my game is, you know, is, is in pretty good shape. You know, it can all be, it can always be better, but, um, you know, the main thing for me is I'm not worried about anything. I mean, there's no part of my game that needs huge amounts of work on or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, it's just, just cutting out the, you know, the, the odd mistake really, which kind of tends to spoil things. You know what, if, if Hoylake's running and is really fast, you've got a chance around there. Yeah, we'll see. You know, that's why I want to go up um, and have a look at it. Yeah, I'm just going to go up on my own carry bag. Yeah, a little, hopefully if the weather's good, just going to go up with a moon bag, play it. I just, just, just trying to get a feel, um, you know, there'll be no one on the course. So I, t- I tend to go up, like, I think the Tuesday of um, the Scottish, so I'm going to go up, um, stay overnight. Uh, so I'm going to play uh, on the Tuesday afternoon. I'll play late, stay up that night, um, play early the next morning, um, just so you get a feel of how it plays early. Um, and then, then, and then just come home and then I'll go back up again on the Sunday. Um, so, so basically the tournament week, I don't really have to do a huge amount. Um, you know, a lot of my, you know, certainly seeing the course, you know, I can just kind of, even if I want to be out there for five, six hours, I can be, I can just look at, you know, where the misses are, um, you know, just kind of look at the greens a little bit, get those kind of mapped out a little you know, where some breaks are, maybe where the best places to putt from are. Um, just so you don't have to do that when 150 other guys are trying to do it. Um, you know, we're used to playing practice rounds and with no one on the golf course. There's only 48 of you out there. So, uh, um, yeah, it'd be good to just just see it. You know, and I've not, like I say, and I've not seen it for nearly 30 years. So, uh, um, you know, I, I literally have, I, I think I remember the first holes of dog leg right around the practice ground. Um, other than that, I don't, I don't, you know, apart from seeing it on previous opens at Hoylake, uh, I don't really remember a huge amount of it. So it'd be just good to, you know, familiarise yourself with it. And uh, yeah, so when I get there, uh, the Monday of the tournament, I'm not sort of, sort of panic practising to get the golf, so you had to see the golf course and get to know it. So uh, I'd have already done that. So uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Gone on a bit longer than I thought we'd do, and I think we've covered right. everything. So, so thanks for doing that. All uh, right. Yeah, next time we talk, hopefully it's a bit less about the politics, more about the golf. Yeah, hopefully. All right, buddy. I'll speak to you soon. Cheers, Rich. Thanks, mate. Take care, mate. Bye, mate.